Welcome to the Global Wellness HQ family of podcasts. We are your international headquarters for resources and ideas and insight in relation to the nine elements of holistic wellness. Join us as we interview local and international wellness experts and learn how you can implement and improve one element or dimension of wellness at a time. Our experts will share their practical tips on wellness in one of these core areas. Emotional, intellectual, occupational, physical, environmental, financial, spiritual, social, or habitual. We created our family of podcasts as a resource for anyone who is looking to integrate the nine elements of holistic wellness into their daily lives. Welcome to the show. The Global Wellness HQ family of podcasts is proudly sponsored by the Global Wellness HQ community. It's an online membership group where we meet, we share ideas, we share insights, and we all work together and help one another discover our own personal wellness journeys. If you'd like to join us, you can easily click the link below or scan the QR code, and we love hearing your stories, so we hope to see you in the community. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the show. I'm really excited to have Leslie Rochelle on with me today. Leslie, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are, and we'll go from there. Perfect. Um, hi, my name is Leslie Rochelle, and I am an intuitive leadership mentor. So I help those who are wishing to accelerate their businesses through their leadership, helping them to, um, you know, potentially hire their very first uh, teammate onto their team and really teaching people um, how to lead. There is a really big difference between being a supervisor, being a manager, being the boss, uh, than, than, than there is to leading. Leading really is in a, in a class all itself. And I help uh, to, to uh, teach people how to do that from the soul-led um, level so that they have a greater impact on themselves as well as those all around them. Awesome. Well, I'm going to ask you a tangent question, but hmm. what led you to becoming a mentor and starting your mentorship in the first place? I spent almost two decades working in a heavily male dominated industry uh, with being the first visible female leader to our site location. I struggled <laughs> at the very beginning and really trying to find my way. And it wasn't until I had my, uh, my drop to my knees moment where I realized something has to change here. And I knew that it wasn't any external change. I wasn't just going to quit my job and go work somewhere else because I'd get those same things back um, coming into my world. Once I really dove into that personal and leadership development or that personal leadership development, as well as that professional leadership development, this is when I began to thrive. And from there, I was tapped on the shoulder through other uh, supervisors, leaders, managers throughout our company saying, can you work with this person? Can you work with this person? Got involved with the formal and informal mentorships, um, uh, piloted a circles of influence group at our site. And I facilitated that for three years and really found one. I loved it. I love that coaching mentorship space. And I really started to see still some gaps within that leadership space. And so I jumped out on my own and that's what I help uh, other people do because it doesn't have to be as hard as sometimes we make it into be with really the desire to help that earlier version of myself. You don't I have to do it alone. We weren't ever meant to do life alone. And I think that's one of the fascinating things. A lot of people think that, you know, I have to figure this out myself or I have to do this. I have to do that. 
um, there's so much more strength and wisdom in the community than there is in the in individual. So, Absolutely. We only know what we know. And if we're thinking, I have to do this all myself, um, this is, you are being paid a beautiful visit from your ego, which is really giving you the opportunity. It's like, oh, this little nugget of gold when it's holding me back. This is what I know I, I should really um, be working on and working through. You know, there are some who say I went through, you know, struggles, I did, you know, had life of hard knocks. And so somebody else needs to earn their way doing the same thing. And it's not supposed to be that way. And this is the space where that leadership really comes into space. So when I think about leadership, it is really helping others become the best version of themselves by you tapping into the best version and developing yourself, because then we get to see that exponential growth. So yes, you will have some ego coming in. Uh, however, you don't, never put it aside. It's there for a reason. It keeps us safe, keeps us alive. However, it is a matter of learning how to work with it and then really tapping into your soul, which is going to be that quieter, that quieter speak. And it's not about doing just all the easy things. It is really about doing the right thing, which is not always the easy thing. I love it. I love it. And I think there, there's a quote, um, easy choices today, hard life tomorrow, hard choices today, easy life tomorrow. And, and that one resonated with me. Now, you talk about ego and leadership, and, and I want to rewind a little too before we started recording. Um, we were talking about how a lot of people have that ego of, I'm the best, I, I can only do this. And yet that becomes a bit of a prison for them, because if you're that tied to your success in that role, you're not going to develop as a leader, but also your team isn't going to develop. Um, what are your thoughts on on evolving as a leader? Evolving as a leader, and it really takes you from, uh, in, in my personal opinion, there's vast difference between being a manager, being a supervisor, supervisor, being a boss and being a leader. And when you are really stepping into that true leadership space, it really is about helping the other people that are within your charge to become better. You were there to remove the roadblocks in the way of them doing their best work. So when somebody says, I do this the best and I don't want to show anybody else how to do it, that is, again, big screaming ego <laughs> right, coming <laughs> in your way. And then it's really going to limit your opportunities as well. You know, as, as human beings, we grow, we evolve. Um, it's just the natural process that we have. And when we have someone that we can teach how to do whatever it is that we were doing, then we then get to move on to other things as well. And within that succession, within that succession planning. So it is really important that you help other people, um, again, not on your team, but really within your charge to be able to help them grow as a, as an employee, as a human being. Um, all together. And sometimes that is through incredibly difficult conversations, but it is really done from a place of, I care about you enough that this is a conversation that needs to happen. Otherwise you will be held back. I love it. And I think one of the things that I'm hearing and seeing is, you know, coming through COVID, things are a little bit different. People are having trouble adjusting. And one of the, the things I would ask about is um, I'm seeing a lot of people who you know, as managers, now they're expected to be leaders. Mm -hmm. And they're really, I find it fascinating. And, and I want to get your take on this. I see them clinging to the doing and the tasks, 
because that's where they feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. And it seems like when you step out to the leadership role, there's more difficult conversations. So what advice would you give to somebody who's clinging to, but I'm really good at this? You know, it's almost <laughs> I, like they're being dragged from their, their desk. Can, I don't want to lead. I want to do. Yeah. <laughs> I I actually felt like that myself. So when I went from um, the technical go-to, so the technical expert into that leadership role, you know, it was challenging because this was easy. Like this, this I really knew how to do. And I was really uncomfortable with the people leadership side of things. And one of the reasons that they put me into this, uh, into that leadership space is because I, they put me in, in charge of a, of a different team altogether. So I couldn't, I couldn't do their job. Right. Like I just didn't have the skill set to do their job. And this is one thing that they had mentioned to me. We put you in this in this place to lead the people of this, not to sit in their seat when they're actually, um, you know, away or, or anything or anything like that. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's 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 it can be a challenging situation. However, if this is your opportunity to grow whenever you're feeling uncomfortable, it's like, oh, I'm moving to the next level, right? And you're, you know, peeling that onion, taking that one piece off and really leaning in and developing that, that, that new skill set that you have. And that is going to come from courageous, intentional actions that you're going to have with people and learning how to have the proper conversation with somebody so that they have a very clear understanding of one, what they're doing great, right? Or two, where are they off track, right? Sometimes feedback gets a really bad rap and they always, they always talk about feedback as, oh, this is a bad thing. And it's not because you need to be giving the way more good than you are giving that here's where you're off track and here's how we can actually help you get back on track again with their input, of course. Yeah. And, and I think that that's probably one of the areas I hear managers struggling with is, you know, and, and I have a friend who jokes that whenever um, she invites a colleague into her office, they go, oh, what did I do now? And it's like, clearly, there's a, a communication gap there in terms of um, the intent to help, because I know my, my friend, I know that she's there to help. But her colleagues, her, her, I don't know, direct reports, let's call them, um, they're really hyper hyper sensitive to any feedback so let's talk about feedback what's a good way to help people as intended with good feedback first of all it's a matter of building that relationship again that intentional building of the relationship having conversations not simply about the work that they do but who they are because then they'll get this sense of um, you know, this person values me, um, which then leads them to that better sense of belonging, which then leads to more conversations. Sometimes feedback is given way too late. So the best time to have feedback is as close to the event as possible, ensuring that you are doing it in the proper environment, probably in the middle of a team calling somebody out. It's probably not the best place to do it. However, as soon as that, because yeah, we've seen those disasters However, you know, pulling somebody aside and then asking them questions, you know, how do you, how do you think that this meeting went, right? The, the easiest feedback model that I've seen to use is called the SBI model. So the situation, behavior, and impact. And if somebody went offside, or let's say 
um, John interrupted Mary, we could say, you know, John, I, I noticed that within today's meeting, right, situation, yeah. you were constantly speaking over and interrupting Mary, right, the behavior. Yeah. This then led her to completely shutting down and not participating in that in our conversation anymore. Impact. And then you're going to ask them, you know, what can you do in the future to ensure that that doesn't happen again, that you are open to the different perspectives in the different conversations that are actually happening. So they, instead of you saying, okay, next time, this is what you're going to do. You're going to ask the question to them, what can you do next time? Right. And, and ensure that you are not like remove why from your vocabulary, unless you're asking it to yourself. When you ask, why did you do that to somebody else? It, tends to put people on the defensive and it really shuts down a great conversation when they feel like they have to defend themselves Why? and do so. And of course do so um, with that empathetic um, tone as well, keeping it on them, not on you. Yeah. I, 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 I'm just going to tell you, I love the question of why I have a 10 year old. So everything is why um, now I personally, it's my favorite word of all words in the language. So when I talk to myself, why is a really good word, but the minute I, I know with other people, you know, why did you do that? Why did you say that? You can see the barricades and the, yes, the arms <laughs> crossing. And, um, but I, I do, my kids and I, we play with the word why a lot because I have a 10 year old and that's his favorite word too. So <laughs> yeah, if you can use, you know, who, what, when, how to start your yeah. conversation instead of why did you do that? What led you to that decision, right? Yeah. It's a very different uh, energy associated with it as well. And it keeps it a lot more uh, open when you're trying to have that conversation with somebody. It allows that. them really into the conversation with you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that's it for me anyways, and, and I assume for most of the people you deal with, the point of conversation is to communicate and to improve, not to judge and label and classify and, and diminish, right? Exactly. I had a conversation with someone the other day and I had said, okay, when you're having a conversation with someone, are you in the conversation? Are you trying, are you seeking to understand or are you listening to respond? And they said, well, I'm listening to respond. And I said, okay, Let's work on that then, <laughs> because what you've done is you've actually missed part of that conversation by you formulating how you want to come back it, okay. with, with, a, with whatever response that you're, that you're wanting to come back with. So trust that you're going to have the right answer um, or the best one at the time to be able to come back and continue that conversation and ensuring that that conversation is speaking to the other person the way they like to be spoken to, not the way you like to be spoken to. So how people receive, like to receive information is very, very different. So learning how, you know, the other party likes to receive information, it's now your responsibility to speak towards that. I, I love that. And I, I'm smiling intently because I have a lot of these conversations. Um, I used to believe firmly in, in the golden rule and I would teach people that. And then I heard about the platinum rule and I went, wait, that is a huge. So the platinum rule, I don't know if you've heard it in these words. Um, the golden rule is treat others as you'd like to be treated. Mm -hmm. The platinum rule is a step further. It's treat others as they'd like to be treated. Yes. And it's I can't so help but think that's a big difference. I'm just going to assume here, but a big difference between a manager and a leader. 
Yes, it is. So let's talk about leadership. And and for anybody who's used to listening to the show, you're going to notice I'm not using my standard questions because I don't feel that uh, having a conversation with Leslie in a formula is going to serve anyone. Um, but I also guarantee that by learning more about communication. Um, so Leslie, I'm going to throw out my little rant here. Um, I am absolutely fascinated watching my my two kids going through school. We teach them all kinds of really pointless, useless things, but nobody's teaching them basic communication skills. Mm-hmm. And And I can't help but think that that lack of communication skills is going to limit people in the future. So um, what are your thoughts on on my little rant? And uh, you can have a rant of your own if you like. <laughs> I think one of the challenges, what can we call it? We'll call it challenge. The challenge that we have in, in, in certain educational systems is that they use one particular formula, right? And then they might label somebody else who isn't you know, who has a different formula of their own and how they learn best, um, maybe that they're being a, a problem or um, that they're causing disruption or things like that. One of the, I think, key things that children should be learning, especially within that school space, those school, those, uh, school years, is conflict resolution. You can't continuously go to the teacher and say, this person said this thing, this person did this thing. They need to know how to have conversations, right? So it's a matter about being curious and um, asking a lot of questions and questions are so amazing uh, that you, it's interesting that we can, ask questions to so many other people to find out about, you know, what makes them tick. And then we get to kind of asking ourselves those same questions and it gets to be a little bit difficult. So it's allowing different perspectives. It's allowing, um, I was having a conversation with someone yesterday and, and it really was about just because we don't see eye to eye on something and we have different perspectives on a topic doesn't mean that you should be offended because we don't agree on something. The world goes around and the reason that we get innovation, et cetera, is because we have different perspectives than the other person. This is how you actually want to build your your team. Is Diversity isn't just about how many men do I have? How many women do I have? What backgrounds are they coming from? It really is including that different perspective level because you never want to hire you know, another one of what you already have, <laughs> you really want to hire, hire towards that gap. Teaching the kids to learn how to have empathetic conversations, right? And I think it probably takes up to a certain, you know, year and age <laughs> till yeah. they really learn how to do that. However, when we're getting into that, like that middle school and that high school, learning how to have a debate about a topic and not debating the person. Um, is right. Don't attack me as the person. If you don't like the topic that, um, we're talking about, let's, let's keep, let's keep an eye on the topic. We can still like each other. We can still have conversations. We would just may not agree on this particular piece. Communication is the one thing that will make or break your leadership. I love it. And you, you almost made me spit my water out because I think I, I have these conversations with my 10 year old and I'm going to tell you 
age 10, they're not wired for empathy yet. Um, no. Now he will get there because his, yeah. his brother is 14 and he's very empathetic. Um, I, what made me laugh inside is the number of adults who've not learned that empathy piece. Yeah. A lot of the times I'll, I'll give you a little bit of a, a short example about, you know, uh, empathy and, and sympathy, right? An empathetic conversation goes something like this. It is understandable that you would feel this way about something that somebody is, is, is currently experiencing versus I'm putting this on myself and I say, I understand how you're feeling. I guarantee you, you absolutely have no idea how they're feeling. You may have had some similar experience, but that person is actually seeing it through their own and experiencing it through their own filter. So that is one of the, the easiest um, things that you can do. And the sympathy is, oh, well, you know, looks like you're having a, I, I just think of, you know, the person in the hole that, you know, somebody's talking to him and saying, wow, you know, that really sucks that you're down there. Versus trying, you know, that empathetic piece is, you know, trying to put yourself in that other person's shoes and ensuring that the conversation is staying on them and you are not making it about yourself. And yeah. I find a lot of people do that very, very poorly. Yeah. Um, so yes, if somebody's never, I understand how you feel. No, it is understandable that you feel that way because they are experiencing it very differently than you were experiencing it. It's such a it. subtlety, but the nuance mm -hmm. is important. And I yes. think um, in my experience, half the battle is people just want to feel listened to. Yes. Every member of your team, actually probably in your life, as well as ourselves, is we want to feel or have a sense of belonging somewhere. We also want to feel valued, seen, and heard. The leader of your family, as the leader of your organization, as the leader of your business, when you really get a handle on how to do that well, I guarantee you the results will speak for themselves. When people within your charge really feel that sense of this person actually cares about me as a human being, you will always get more from them by default they're going to come in and they're you know it's not going to be that oh, i you know here today and this is my job description and that's it you will always get more Love i've it. had yeah I, i've <laughs> had feedback where someone says i <laughs> within their um uh, performance reviews why well, I, I always love the 360s and i always created a space so a 360 review is the team um is the team uh providing feedback on the leader have to really create those relationships first and let them know that like legitimately I want to learn and I want to know where my gaps are and one of the things he said to me is he said you know what he said sometimes I don't know if I can actually live up to the expectations or do all the things that you want me to do but in some weird way it makes me work harder it's because <laughs> I, I legitimately care about them as the human being I always get to know them first and foremost that way versus what they're doing it's not who they are, it's what they do. And, and I think yeah. we tend to forget that we work with other human beings. You know, everybody, and I am guilty of that. When I'm in get it done mode, I, I sound like a drill sergeant. It's like, do this, do this, do this. If you need a question, get in line, you know, 
but sometimes you have to stop and say, how are you doing with this? You know, like just recognizing that person. Now, for my listeners, you know, I can talk to Leslie all day because uh, the, the conversation around communication absolutely fascinates me. Um, you know, I think it's one of those skills that we can always find ways to be better at it. Um, Leslie, for anybody listening to this, what are some ways they can engage with you further or maybe even work with you? Perfect. So if there's, if you have any um, general questions that you'd like, uh, just feel free to go over to my website. There is a contact form that you can use and that'll come directly to me and I'll be able to see that as well. I also have uh, my very first membership. So this is me uh, giving back at a low, at a, like a high ticket value uh, contents, I suppose, <laughs> within it in a really low investment, um, low investment tickets uh, type of membership. So I'm really creating a community of like-minded um, leaders or people that want to be a, to be leaders to be able to really have this very um, beautiful community. So it is called the Leaders Lounge and it is a soul-led leaders community. So what I do is there is a lot of spirituality. There is a lot of energetics um, to what I do because that is us as a whole. So as a whole, right? So I really love to help people from that holistic perspective because once we develop our leadership skill set, whether that is personal leadership or professional leadership, it has an exponential growth. Because as you learn, then you help people as well, because then they, for instance, maybe somebody used to be able to approach you in one way and now they can't anymore. So now they have to learn something new, which means then they get to actually teach that to somebody else. So there is that beautiful exponential growth there um, along with along with community as well. So I'm really excited um, about that. And we're just currently launching it. And we close uh, the doors on May the 9th at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for the first round. It will open back up again. No false sense of urgency. Um, However, we're going to go through the first round, um, fix any tweaks and things like that. And then we will open it back up again uh, for new memberships. Awesome. And for for my listeners, I'll I'll have the link to that on on the website here as well with the show notes. Um, But Leslie, I really, really want to thank you for taking the time to hang out with me and just share a little bit of of your energy and who you are. I I really appreciate it. And I want to thank you. Thank you so much, Jeff. It's been such a great conversation and uh, I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. We hope that you enjoyed this episode and we invite you to either click the link below or scan the QR code to register and listen to other episodes of our podcast. Or if you think your business or you would be a great guest to be on our show, we're always looking for experts in one of the nine elements of holistic wellness. We'd love to have you. You can either click the link below or you can scan the QR code and complete our speaker intake form. Thank you and to your wellness.